This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kate. And this is Joe. On this episode, we're going to be talking about heroin addiction and meditation, two things that go hand in hand. This podcast is sponsored by Mack Weldon, the most comfortable clothes in the world. Don't go out and buy wholesale clothes. They make you chafe. And their products eliminate odor because they are naturally antimicrobial. Exactly. So why would you buy anything else? And if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. So go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code INVASION. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. So take it off. Burn it. I just bought Shane something from Mac Weldon and it feels so good to touch that I literally can finally hug my son. And the clothes eliminate odor. You want clothes that don't make you smell bad? Go to MacWeldon.com. You get 20% off. Use the promo code INVASION. And if you don't even like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. They're the most comfortable underwear I've ever put on my genitals. Uh, so go to MacMeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code INVASION. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf. And I'm Joe Santagato. Today we have a new guest. Taylor Ketchum What's is happened? here. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Thank you guys so much. You know what? I never realized you have such a good, deep radio voice. I hear that every. I hear that a lot when I do a podcast. And people tell me I've, uh, like I, I've been hearing, like, why don't you do voiceover stuff? And then I, I've been trying to do that for a year and nobody, nobody really wants, wants you. me. Yeah, yeah. I thought, like, oh, yeah, you just... You just talk like that, and then you just get it, and it's not how it works. But It's funny, because we've been friends, but I never noticed that you have such a good, deep radio voice until we're doing this. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. wow. I also, it, my, my voice is actually is really high-pitched to me, like in my, when I hear it. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, but it, it doesn't sound anything like it does so to you. So what the fuck do I sound like? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you really fucking loud. I mean, you sound fine to me, but like in your head, I don't know. Is it a different kind of experience? Like, I, think, I don't know. When you, you hear yourself, normal. when you hear yourself yeah. recorded, do you do you, sound, do you feel like you sound like a different person? I don't know. I can like I've, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you hear and you're like, do I fucking sound like that? Yeah. Oh, my voice is so annoying when I listen to yeah. it. I feel like all of our listeners went, it is annoying, bitch. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, yeah, Kate. Thanks. We've been listening to this for a while now. <laughs> fucking annoying every time. I have a deep voice for a woman, though, and I think I said this you're on like the. A, you're like a you're like an, uh, uh, a mezzo or an alto, right? You know. I'm definitely an alto. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming into that. That's though. Tony Braxton's an alto. That's like a good. Sultry. Is she? Yeah, that's that's good. You don't have to be a. You don't I'm have a to be a soprano woman. to be. You know. <laughs> no, you just you're. Uh, I don't know what the word. You can't like uh, if a woman has a deep voice, you can't just go like. Oh man, she sounds like a dude. You know, they, they have another word for it, right? I guess. Like and that's me. Sultry or uh, I don't know if I call more. my voice. You <laughs> no. so have a lot of no, character like, in your voice. So. I do get that. I'm like fuck People you. People say that or character in my face. I'm like okay, guys, I get. Yeah, it. What does that, that one mean? That you're I don't sharp. Know. I have a Jewish nose. That's what it means. It's it's not that. Are you Jewish? I'm Jewish. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, what a blessing. Well, yeah. Well, I want to talk about your <laughs> rehab experience, actually. Yeah, but yeah. what I was going to say is, someone told me to go and do voiceovers, and I think I already said this, but I. I went and I did one for this product called Baby Babble. 
And oh. what is so that? it's like a mother company where I'm like, baby babble. And like, you have to sound motherly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it and they just go, okay, could you do that again? But sound like you actually care about your kid. And I was like, ouch, that's, that's my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget you're a mom. Sometimes I forget I'm that you're a mom. A mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I don't actually... have that like, what did I say, Shane? You know, I sound like a, a strong yeah. woman. Are you one of those moms that like, when you take, how old is he now? He's nine. Okay, so he's, so, all right, but like five, six years ago, seven years ago, were you like one of those moms that like was just, that like you're at a restaurant and you just give him options? Like, do you, like <laughs> what, what, what do you want to eat? And then the waiter has to sit there and, and like, Wait for your. I would never do for that. Your toddler in to deliberate. One hundred percent. That is her. To make one hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta wait for you gotta wait for the kid to make a choice that he or she is not capable of making. Or I you, like think, Big Daddy's. Like, what yeah. do you want your name to be? I think I have a good balance. I'm definitely very open and listen to his emotions and his feelings. Right, but at the right. same time, I wouldn't do that in front of the waiter. So beforehand, I'd be like, "Hey, what do you want?" And if he started being like, "I don't know, maybe this," I go, "Forget it. You're getting the quesadilla." You yeah, know, like yeah. so. I tried. I you know, I taught for eight years, so I think I kind of oh, know, okay. so you know to how to deal. You know how to get to the, like streamline yeah. point A to point B. I think so. That's Other, useful. Joe thinks that I wouldn't be no that shot. way, but you've never seen me really with Shane. No. So you don't know. No, but I just know you. Whatever. But is he like great? Is he like just perfect? Fourth he's not grader? perfect. He's a fourth grader. Yeah, but he's he's honestly a dope kid. And we hung out the other night. He did his homework, and then we watched Saturday Night Live together. And he was like hysterically laughing with me. And I was like, Oh my god, I have for real a best friend. Yeah, <laughs> like great. clearly I discipline him, whatever. But he's just he's got a good sense of humor. He's sensitive. I don't know. I'm How old were like, you when you had him? I, mean, I was twenty five. I have a friend that um, that I went to high school with that had a that had a kid when he was sixteen years old. Holy shit! And we were all like, "Oh my god, your life is over!" Right? Like, and it, it, <laughs> I, we were terrified on his behalf. Like, we yeah. couldn't imagine yeah. having to fucking deal with that. So, but he like so he dropped out of school, and and was he was living with his parents. He split time with the kid and the mom who lived somewhere else, and he got his GED. And he went to community college, and the whole family pitched in. And then he went to regular college, and then he uh, got a job in a law office, kind of just like in the mailroom. And then he went to law school, and now he's 36 years old, and he has like a 19-year-old son that he just gets to hang out with. <laughs> That's and so now dumb. he can like be. He, now he's a lawyer, successful, has like a real career, and he can like go on Tinder and basically like be a single guy. But he just. I kind of think that's the way to do it. You know, you just get it out of the <laughs> way. You. You 16. Start, yeah, you, you have, you, you, but you got to have a good family though. But like, that's, yeah. you, you get it out of the way early. And then by the time you're, you're 36, <laughs> you just have like a 20 year old to hang out. Do you hear yeah. that listeners who are 16? Just go, just go get one. Yeah. Get, a, get kid a kid right now. You yeah, can hang it out. work though, you know, and he's like, uh, you know, I think my what age a was, success. mine was really good because I, I popped out a baby, got my body back. You know, and now I don't have my biological clock ticking, you know? Yeah, you're done. I'm done. Unless you never know who I'm going to meet. Okay, let's just put sure. that out there. Okay. I got real sad for myself. I literally, <laughs> I was on the subway and there was an ad for freezing your eggs. And Shane goes, maybe you should freeze your eggs. And I no, started he crying. Does he, go, he like, like, does he like go like, I want a brother? Like, does he, he used like, to, but now he's kind of like, eh, I'm cool uh, being cares? the only one. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's get into your top. Let's get into the oh, topic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, so, yeah, and this, I is, love, this is a topic I, I've I know you discuss sure. it all the time. So I almost felt bad being like, hey, Taylor, you want to do my podcast? We're going to talk about no, I your just experience. Did, no, I just did one like like people that have like 
podcasts or shows that are based around like some sort of um, like you know life prevailing or, or yeah. yeah some crazy story or whatever. I you know I always get I was I did a I did a thing like this like maybe a couple weeks I do like a few a year you know it's not yeah. like I'm like you know <laughs> every it's day. not like I got like oh I got seven addiction seven. podcasts I got to do today <laughs> they're all lined up yeah but I but like I people asked I, I used to have a lot of it in my act and so that just kind of lent itself to people asking questions and then like we'll do my podcast and then that's what the first thing they'd want to know because I was like you know I when I started doing comedy I was in rehab and so I didn't really know what else to talk about you yeah. know I, I didn't have any points of view that weren't based around that you know and and so that was all my jokes were about addiction or you know uh you know getting the cops or some horse shit you know <laughs> so so now now it's like um now i go on stage and i hardly talk about it at all and but i'm still like I still have to answer for the for you know a couple a few years ago when I was, you know, talking when about. I was doing more of that kind of stuff. You know, so I'll tell everyone because they don't know. So you used to be addicted to heroin, and then what else? Or is it just? I, I had my run-ins with most substances. You know, because okay. just like, you know, I had a, you know, coke and crystal, and the there was a there was a you know a ton of alcohol and and you know, weed smoking and ecstasy and nitrous balloons and just, you know, well, like... I saw everything. <laughs> I just, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I just, it's not like, I, I, it's not something I've set out to do or anything. I just, I grew up in a place where everybody, where I'm from, I grew up in, in a town called La Crescenta in California. And I, when people ask me, it's like, imagine um, Jeff Spicoli but like uh, like four years after the movie ended and he like works at a blockbuster, you know, and he's just, <laughs> everything is kind of falling apart around him <laughs> and he's not amounting to much. There's just a lot of that like, dude, what's up, bro? If like, you want to crowds down to the hut and get some stickities before we chang, dude? You know, like that's how people talk. Like they, it's, you wouldn't even. How old were you when you started drinking or whatever? Um, You know, like seventh grade, sixth grade. Holy 12, shit. You know, and like smoking pot. My brother sold weed when he was 10. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it started, it's just like everything was just like skateboards and Metallica shirts and, and all that kind of shit. And so it was just like, I didn't think about it. It, was, it wasn't something I set out to do. It just kind of happened. And, um, but I also played sports and I ended up getting a scholarship to play football in college. And that kind of kept me. Okay. Um, like it kept me out of trouble, you know, like I would be like, oh, I got to focus and, you know, I got to go to school and, you know, I would, I would be able to kind of wrangle in my, my bullshit. And then once that was over and I was like, kind of like, now what do I do? And then for, for the next few years, it was, then it got like kind of nasty and ugly and then can i ask you some naive questions because sure. i literally have never even done cocaine right. first of all my personality on cocaine would be if i drink a coffee sure, I would sure. like attack. i'd be a wreck. yeah yeah <laughs> but i i want to know like what does heroin feel like compared to weed compared to cocaine meth i'm so curious um, i mean clearly it must feel pretty I, dope no, everyone <laughs> has these like everyone has these like you know um kind of like it's better than sex dude you know kind of uh <laughs> yeah, that's, I that's, that's, to what, know. that's what you hear you know and it does it's not better than sex it's not you know uh mike Stefano had that great joke about getting a blow job and getting your face licked by puppies that's what it felt like um and and uh 
it it you know, and it's it is great, but I think it's more kind of the the pleasure that you get from it is more is it's kind of relative to how terrible your life is without it. So once you're strung out and you're feeling completely like mm. the worst. Okay, so imagine that you were you had a like a level ten flu with shingles and fucking uh, you had uh, you know the chicken pox and uh, the flu and malaria and um, and then instantly you were like oh I feel great like with literally within one second right so that is in and of itself like quite an experience yeah. to just instantly be completely healed from this this complete nastiness you know so it feels good but then it's just it's more of a it's a, it's it's not like like with cocaine you know you party you you do a bunch of blow and it's like you know we're let's go to vegas you know and yeah um with opiates it's just kind of more of like a day in day out i wake up i have to do this it's just less fun i mean it's it's or it's 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 like more of a like a way of life rather than like a party, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I explaining it is tough. I mean, if people, if if you've ever done, if you've ever taken a, a Vicodin and felt like that nice sort of warm feeling, it's just that. But yeah, times. Well, no. When I got divorced, 20. I took uh, clonopin for a year to go to sleep, and when sure. when that would kick in, because I was going through such a hell of a time after yeah. that. That it was like, oh, yeah, this like warm wash comes over you, right. and you just don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know, you're just like, okay. It's funny because it's my, a break from your emotions. My mom's my my first experience with um with like with twelve steps, like twelve step programs was actually my mom when she got divorced when she split up from my dad she got um <laughs> she got all uh, wrapped up in Valium for a while so she and so she went to rehab and then she went to um go to AA meetings, but she's not an alcoholic or a drug addict. She just had, she was just like going through a difficult time for a minute. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just probably kind of similar to what happened with you, but yeah. she's fine now. She just, she married my stepdad and he's great. And she, she never had an, an issue again, but um, it was hard. I was on, I, I went, I took clonopin to go to sleep and I was on Celexa, which is an, an anti-depression an anti-anxiety yeah. uh, thing after my divorce. And I went off of it about a year after my divorce. And just going off of that, which is like a prescribed medication, it was, I went through withdrawal. Selexa, I was or, like, off the, the Celexa and the Clonopin. Well, I mean, the the Clonopin, the, the Xanax, Valium, Ativan withdrawal is, um, detox is worse than heroin that's like really one of the most violent oh I yeah was you shaking. can die from that oh. yeah you can die from yeah not, was probably like, not at the level that you were taking it but yeah. like people that are like it's yeah. worse than heroin yeah yeah you can die from wow. ben benz a lot of ben a lot of detoxes if you're if you're coming off benzos they won't even take you in they'll be like you need to you need to go to this special place because wow. it's a really you were probably taking a like a you know a recently divorced woman dose, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't taking the like, you Crazy, know, yeah. I live in a box dose, but, um, no. yeah. So yeah, that's why that was what that was, was yeah. just, you know, and that's, you know, that's very similar to it's, I don't, I've never detoxed off benzos. I don't know what that feels like, but you know, same kind of thing, hopeless, nasty feeling. It's not fun at all. So what happens uh, when you get to rehab? Yeah. Tell your rehab story even cause you went to a unique no, well, I went. I, mean, I went. I went to five rehabs, and I went in and out, and I couldn't figure it out, and it was very, very bad. And you just there, have the choice to walk in and out, like it's your own will, basically. Or is there like? Well, I mean, it's, it's getting in is harder than leaving. I mean, yeah, it's not prison. You can leave whenever you want. You can. I mean, it's you can. 
Right. It's a free country, you know, if you want to. No, I, was, I know. I just feel like, like, I don't know. I feel like it. Do they hold you to it? It's like a stupid it, thing or, for me to think. Right. Yeah. Like, kind of like, you need this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, someone has to be there to be like, dude, I Does know it's hard right now. Does someone guilt you when stay. you leave or no? I mean, I never. Like a Jewish mother the times just that, there? The times that I did leave, I never, like, turned around to ask them <laughs> if they fuck. cared. I walked yeah. out the door. Yeah. And I, that, I did that two or three times and, and, uh. And I completed one 60-day program, one 30-day program, and then went in a few other times and just left. And then I would go to detox and leave. And the last time was the time that it kind of stuck. And I ended up at this Jewish rehab, which was like a, just a really kind of funky, interesting, unique place. And I'm not Jewish. Um, so... How'd you get in there? <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple friends that had gone through there and... and um, they told me that it was like a good place and i was like and that like i heard <laughs> i heard that they let you keep your cell phone which i had like a <laughs> and i didn't even and like, what's funny is like i didn't even have a cell phone but i was like oh i can get a cell phone you know <laughs> and uh that you could do like they had like all kinds of like every place that i went to before that was very much like you know some like everyone is a parolee everyone is um you know uh, off the streets no, every you know there's a lot of like you know um hardcore rules if you don't like it get the fuck out kind of mentality you know yeah. we have a we have a we have a waiting list a mile long if you don't like if you don't want to get up for group you can just get the fuck out of here that's what i was used to this place was just like you know like hey we have surf therapy at 9 a.m if you want to come <laughs> you know and like and this is in california and also it didn't cost me any money it was f completely free and so um and that, and but but the whole thing was that like you had to like do like Shabbat services and like read the Torah, and so um, you were just like pretending like no. You well, know? well, you don't see. Here's the thing: is that you don't have to be Jewish to go there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that though. Well, <laughs> so 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 I was in I was like in a motel where I was living, and I called. I was calling to try to get in, like an intake, and they asked me what my religious background was. Just just like to have it on file not because like <laughs> yeah. it's gonna get put in some thing where we're gonna you know the a jewish jury of your peers is gonna select your worthiness <laughs> like that's how i thought it was and then um so i told them that the, the real the truth is is that my uh i am scottish and german and english and then my great my my grand my mo my mother's paternal grandfather was was a lithuanian jew Okay, so that's the only, so technically I'm like one eighth Jewish or something. So, but instead of, I didn't think, I thought that they wouldn't let me in if I what, what, told them yeah. that. So what I told them was, um, uh, was that my mother's mother's mother was Jewish. So technically I am, I am Jewish. According to Jewish law. Right, but that my grandfather was like this abusive like christian minister that like wouldn't let her Whoa. practice her jewish ways <laughs> and so I, I made up this like crazy sob story about you know i never got in touch with my roots you know i just made up all this shit and uh, and then eventually they 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 let me in but they didn't even give a shit it wasn't even about they they were just curious you know and then i met like 10 dudes in the place that weren't jewish it's mostly jewish but there's people that aren't you know and so <laughs> A month, a month later, the um, they have this thing called amnesty that they do. It's like a long-term place. So they have this thing called amnesty where like ev like four times a year, they do it around like Yom Kippur and Passover too, like during the big holidays. And so they'll 
you can write down on a card <laughs> whatever you've done wrong since you've been there. And if you're open and honest about it, they, you won't be in trouble. So like you can honestly say there's people that are like, I smoke crack during Torah study and uh, I, I, you know, fucking like gnarly shit. Like yeah. I would, we were in the meditate. I, I fingered someone in the meditation garden and then we went out and drank four locos. Like that's what, that's like a typical one. Right. right? So on my card, I wrote, so on my, my little card, I wrote, I'm not Jewish. I lied about being Jewish. Um, <laughs> And then I fingered a girl I in the garden could, while drinking for a little. No, no, I didn't have an opportunity for any of that. But like I, I just it was all. Um, so that that was my that was my what I came clean with. And so like a couple days later, a couple days. Are you Jewish, by the way? No. All right, yeah. So a couple days later, I. You both absolutely look zero percent Jewish, both of you. <laughs> really? I mean, I can I can pass a little bit, I guess. I mean, I not guess every, everyone can pass. It's not like these every any white per person. I'd be like, yeah, yeah it's not right, like every whatever. Jewish person is just like, eh, you know, like I know, but I'm saying like. There's a more Anglo-Saxon look than others. Sure, like my sure, kid sure. looks totally not Jewish. He's got like the blonde hair, the blue eyes. Like yeah, yeah. he looks like he could be part of Hitler's youth. You know, uh, what a blessing for you! Congratulations. <laughs> it just reminds me every morning he wakes uh, up and looks at me, and I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. So, so he, so I'm walking like through the facility, and the rabbi who like runs this place, who's like a rageaholic, crazy person, um, like a great dude, but like just a. F a, a psychopath and he brings me in he sees me and he goes like come here and he brings me in his office and um he had like all the cards on his desk and he was like so uh so why'd you uh why'd you lie about this and i was like um well i just um i was really i was really scared i had nowhere to go and i i i wanted to get sober and i my my, my life was a train wreck and and uh I was into de I was going to detox, but I didn't know where I was going to go afterwards, and I was scared I was going to use again. And I wanted to have I wanted to do this like a new kind of have a new kind of experience within rehab. This is my fifth time, and I wanted to do something different, and I and I had a better feeling about this, and I was scared, and da da da. And then he just like paused, and he and, then, and he just like took a minute, and he was just like kind of smiled, and he was like, "Your life sucks so bad, you lied about being a Jew." <laughs> and uh, and then he like uh, yeah, then he like. <laughs> Then he gave me a hug, and then like that was it. That was the end of the conversation, and he never brought it up again. It must have been a load off, though, because if you're in a rehab center, which is about healing and getting all this stuff off your chest, but you're holding in a lie, it must have felt really good. Sure, to and have also, that out. I mean, but it was also a relief to not have to pretend to be Jewish anymore, because <laughs> like when people when I walked in to the place, I like had had a trash bag full of my things, and it was a Friday, and. There's services there. It's an open synagogue on Friday nights, you know. So I walked in and people were like, Shabbat Shalom. And I was like, okay, you too. Like I didn't know I didn't Peace know, be with you. I didn't know well. anything about what was going on. I yeah. had no fucking clue what anything was. So um for me to to just be able to go like to be able to like not just keep like I could ask questions. I could go like, Yeah, what is that that you just did? What does that mean? And then they would ask, they would answer me like, and let me know, because yeah. it drove me crazy that I didn't know what was going on with all the Jewish shit. And so, and then I like basically like learned a ton about Judaism. <laughs> so you're like kind of Jewish now, basically. I do have, a, I, I did soak up a lot of information because it, I was <laughs> fucking like, I, I didn't, it wasn't like, if I was, if I was, if I went to a Catholic rehab, I would have been like, fuck this. I don't like this. You know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to. 
I don't want to take advice from you, Father Steve. You know, go fuck yeah. like because I, yeah. I, I had I would have I would have had like hangups about stuff. And with Judaism, I didn't have any of that. I was just like, "What is that? Oh, cool." You know, yeah. I didn't have to. I didn't. I had no resentment stored that I was going to like, you know, unleash on you know these totally. these rabbis who were for the most part like really great dudes. You know, so. <laughs> Do you know some of the Jewish prayers now? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I used to know. Like, I used to like have them pretty much all like phonetically memorized, like the Mourner's Kaddish and the uh, Misha <laughs> Bayrock. The Misha Bayrock Avatenu. I forget them. Okay, it's been a long time. But I used um, to know more of them. I know like the basic ones when, when you light the candles for Hanukkah, you know, but uh, it's funny because what you and I did um, Gotham Access TV together. Yeah, That's yeah. where we really talked about this because I gave you a tarot card she reading. She gave me a tarot card reading before the show. It was fun. <laughs> and uh, and that's how I kind of found out because you were telling me because there are some Jewish symbols in the cards, and you started telling me. I think you even you even told me about a Jewish phrase and you knew what it meant. And I was like, "How the hell do you know what that means?" And that's how you told me all of this. What was so, the Jew- do you remember what it was? I forget. We were having this conversation about healing or something. The Misha Bayrock, probably right. I guess, yeah. And you just you were like it reminds well, me of the one this. For, that's the one for um, that's the one for people that are sick and suffering, the injured person. There you go. You know, uh, and then yeah, it's so funny that I. It's been a while since I've had these conversations. It sounds like the plot of the movie. You remember the Ringer with Johnny Knoxville? He like pretends. Oh, to he be, pretends to be retarded. It sounds like yeah. that. Like he pretends to be that, so he like has that, to. Put you know what? On that's ex- it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> One hundred percent. It's exactly the same thing. Wait, you should actually have you written like a, a movie about your experience. It's pretty. No, I've kind of like rebelled against like because everyone wants to, you to. Yeah, yeah. Like I've just been kind of like, and not like I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. Like this is fine, you know. Yeah. But just like as far as like wanting to just because um, I mean I, this 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 whole story is just, I, it's the same one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're ready to move on to the next thing. Right. I mean, it's not, it's, I guess I can, you can, your perspective on it can change or you can have epiphanies or whatever, but like the, the experience is not, it's the story is a story and it's not, you know, going to, going to change unless I decide to, you know, go ruin my life with, with drugs again, you know, which isn't part of the plan. How, let's talk about how it is in the present then. How hard is it to stay away from things like drinking and drugs? Has it gotten easier? It's extremely easy. Really? It, it, well, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to say like, it's like, oh, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, you just stop and it's fucking, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, it's not, I don't wake up going like, how am I going to do this ever? You know, I'm not, I'm out of it, you know? And how so, long ago was this? That's amazing. Uh, um, eight years ago oh, was, wow. was when it was, when it was over, you know, for, for me, as far as with heroin, I actually started, I drank for a few months, like uh, four and a half years ago. So um, so I have four years sober, but yeah, but it's been eight years since my like truly suicidal drug addiction stuff, you know? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty removed from it and, uh, everybody that I'm, I'm like close with, this happened to everyone that I know too. Like my, yeah. it happened to my brother, it happened to all my wow. best friends. It happened to everyone I grew up with. Um, so they're all either like all the ones that I still like still kind of keep in touch with they're all doing great, you know. So you know, I was saying this before I think on this podcast, but a lot of my closest friends ha- a lot of them have been through some sort of an addiction and addiction have come out because I feel like those kinds of people have been to the dark depths of themselves and struggled and then 
to come out of it. I don't know. I feel like there's some kind of camaraderie, you know, because I've never been yeah. addicted to substances, but I've had. You got to try it out, man. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, Shane, sorry, but mommy's gonna gonna take up a habit. No, but like for me, relationship addiction honestly did yeah, in many a, ways ruin my life. Well, that's the thing too, is that you can kind of like when you get off of drugs and alcohol, if you're I mean, you can it's not like you're done with addictive trying behavior. To succeed and learn yeah. and be be and adapt to the living, you know what I mean? Because you can kind of like, you know, I know people that are that get off drugs and they become total, you know, uh total like relationship or sex addicts or or gambling or whatever yeah you know? they need to put that my brother my brother else. my brother yeah. got my brother got sober and he was um he was uh he came in to the and he's like the exact same height build as me the exact same body type and everything and he came when he came in he weighed 170 pounds which for him is very you know then yeah okay 170 175 pounds six foot two black circles under his eyes then he gets sober and then he takes like his he get his one year anniversary is a year later 280 <laughs> he gained 110 pounds in one year of sobriety wow. wow so obviously you know he just kind of i mean he's 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 uh you know tapered off he's kind of at a nice sort of fat but not that bad <laughs> part of his life but you know yeah he we, like ballooned up and well unless you really deal with the you know, pain that's really driving the addiction, it will go into somewhere else. And there are so many things that are more hidden addictions. Like you could be addicted to working out at the gym. You could be addicted. I mean, a lot of girls have bulimia, anorexia. There's yeah, so yeah. many different ways that you can put that. And some are hidden where you can't even tell. Like if someone's going to the gym for three hours a day, like there are some girls I used to. That's like that's a type of anorexia, right? Isn't that what, or a type of bulimia? I forget what they call it. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like a workout. Like yeah, workout that, that's like something. bulimia. That's it's, what they call it. Even if they're not, yeah, even if they're not throwing up their food, but they're just on the treadmill for three hours, everything they eat, they need to work off. Right. Um, so, and that's, you know, I was talking to you guys before, you know, I'm in that spiritual school, which by the way, you guys, it starts again, a whole new, you wouldn't be in my class, a whole new thing starts. Um, what do you do at spiritual school? I'll, I'll tell you. They float. I mean, that, but if anyone, <laughs> anyone who's interested, you can check out. It's a society of souls, which definitely sounds creepy, but it's it's definitely amazing. It's changed my life. But it's four years, and it's based on. It's actually based on uh, the Kabbalah. So it's another. Oh, okay, okay. But it's not like you do not. It's not religious. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, the, yeah. the ancient teachings. Sure. And sure. it's very much in alignment with like Buddhism and all sorts of other things. But basically, they get into the tree of life, which is like the energetic structure of the entire universe, mm -hmm. essentially. But they say that a lot of the things like addictive behaviors, it's because there's a certain energy system within you that's off. Not I, off, but almost like... I think it's dangerous to sum it up. It is there's, probably. It's, it's <laughs> like, there's this whole thing, there's this whole like article that people are sending that, that are... Uh, that are people sharing on Facebook where it was like, this article sums up addiction and turns the recovery industry on its head completely. And then the guy is just basically saying like, it's from lack of connection to, to with a community. And like, if you take rats and you put them in a cage and they have a community, then they do this. And then if you take away the community, then they start acting out. And like, yeah, that is definitely one of the reasons. A piece of right, the puzzle. But it's like this whole like, you know, fucking, when people try to go like the reason, there is no reason. There's a com there's a combination of things that lead to something, and more than one thing can be right at the same time. And um, mm. so I definitely think that, for instance, like 
connection is uh, uh, with with a community is important. But there are people that grow up with within hippie communes with nothing but positive, friendly energy around them at all times, and nothing but like you know fun hiking trails to go on and and mountain bike resorts and whatever the fuck. <laughs> I was hoping resorts. you'd keep going with your description of well, the there's just there's community. people that have all the hamster wheels to go yeah. play on their whole life, you know. But and, can still uh, find their way into addiction. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just, who knows? It's uh, even if you have, even if you had every every opportunity to succeed in life, maybe you didn't have, like on the out, outside, you know, uh, things measurable things that you know for your you know good parents and a good uh, environment or whatever. But maybe the way that you interpret and internalize things is fucked up, and then it makes you, you know fearful and so you go and you self-medicate or maybe you have a chemical uh uh some kind of biological thing that that makes you react a certain way to something it's just well I, we're I, multifaceted multi-dimensional yeah beings. i'm done trying to figure so to it try out. to yeah to try to figure it out is and and the cool thing actually about my school is they don't try to figure it out like the whole like I don't like tagline or whatever you'd call of the school is live the mystery. Like stop fo- trying to answer everything and actually live the question. Right. Do you guys have a football team? We don't, but <laughs> no. that would be we'd, be, we'd be the levitating people. Yeah. yeah. We would take people down in a whole other way. We'd, everyone would be crying on the field. That'd be great. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick of the Roenick Life Podcast. Check out our podcast and I can guarantee you'll hear great stories, blunt, in-your-face honesty. Our guests never disappoint. It's the Roenick Life Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Make sure you go get it. You won't regret it. We're back. I always do we're back awkwardly. <laughs> I can never think of how to get back in without oh, that. Back to what you were talking about before, how like... is. Like I, I know personally, like my brother has a really addictive personality, like this, like random things. Like he just needs something that's consistent in his life. Like stupid example. He was addicted. Do you know, you know, pierogies? Yes. Oh. Dude, every day. <laughs> so good. Every day. Like, maybe around 11? the same time. No, he's older than I am. <laughs> he's older than I am. But like, and then he would get off that. He's like, oh, I'm done. Because like when we would be like, dude, you're eating pierogies again. And he, then you realize, <laughs> okay, I do this a lot. He would stop doing that. Then it's like water. And he'll just like always be just chugging. What Like there's always something that he needs to be doing like consistently every single day. So it's like if he got into like gambling or drugs or something, forget about it. It's maybe like, he's just, maybe he's just let him do his thing. You know, like if he's <laughs> like, yeah, man, he's eating a lot of pierogies lately, whatever. He's not going to sell his soul to. That's the most no, amazing thing I've ever heard to someone eating a lot of pierogies. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. He's not going to sell Water's soul. good for you. You know, I support that. No, and, I know. Uh, I'm just saying, like, he, no, there's, I, yeah. that's why meditation, I think, is like a big thing. That's like something I've been really interested in lately, and trying and doing more of, and like really, like being disciplined about it. And it's something that I never thought I'd be into, um, because I don't like. I really kind of um, spiritual type of talk, um, <laughs> and. Uh, talks about energy and um, so like everything Kate has to say. Right. Well. Okay. Okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. But that kind of talk, ge- generally speaking, for most of my life, has given me the creeps. Right. Not like in not not like the creeps like where I I hate on people for pursuing it, but just like no 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 that's not really how I yeah. see the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, meditation is kind of interesting because you don't really have to believe anything to do it, and um, you don't have to. Um, 
there's no like person that lived a thousand years ago that you have to roll Worship model yourself after yeah. or whatever yeah and uh I've been, that's the kind of thing that I think for your pierogi eaten psychopath <laughs> brother that, um, because I think like even with, even with like simpler things, like, you know, less complicated, more mundane sorts of pursuits, like, you know, some people can't stop eating ice cream or fucking Cheetos or pierogies or whatever else. But like when you eat, out of a lot of times I think people are just kind of living life waiting for the next pleasurable thing to occur to them or to to happen in their life and um, there needs to be some kind of like and again I'm not an expert on this I probably sound like a real amateur talking about this but just like having a kind of baseline contentment as you go throughout the day because you don't need a fucking pierogi if you're not hungry. Right. You don't need the pierogi. You don't need that. You're just, there's a nervousness. Uh, I need to feel good. I need to do something. So so you're going to eat You're gonna eat something or you're going to fucking smoke a cigarette. Or you're going to jerk off or you're going to fucking, um, I mean, what else? You know, or you're going you're gonna to go on fan duel and fantasy football your life away <laughs> or whatever. Um, so me- lately, like meditation has, has kind of made it s- so that I can sort of like, Get a get a get like a couple seconds in between thoughts. The really. the the um when the thought arises that I have to eat a pierogi, rather than go I must eat pierogi now. I can kind of take I, I, I can get a half second where I go like oh I'm doing that thing where I where right. I tell myself I need a pierogi. Exactly. Well, that's know? what meditation is. It's it's getting distance from those thoughts because. My the guy Jeff, who one of my teachers, he goes, "Don't believe everything you think, because when your thoughts well, that's definitely true. Uh, yeah, yeah. When your thoughts run, if you attach to everyone, it's actually going to kind of whip you, and right. you become a slave to those thoughts. Whereas <laughs> meditation, yeah. it allows you to see the thought, look at it, observe it, but not attach yourself to it. There's right. a there, like I can't even believe I'm actually having like I'm I'm I can't believe for myself that I'm talking about meditation. Well, or that I'm <laughs> identifying with this kind of language. But yeah. like I heard um, this one meditation teacher on some podcast I was listening to because all I listen to are podcasts about uh, meditation. Really? Uh, mindfulness and ISIS. That's all I'm interested in. <laughs> uh, well, do you know that ISIS is actually an Egyptian goddess? So they gave. Well, sure, sure. But, but I just find that interesting. Just ac- but they're just an acronym. That's all. Oh, really? Yeah. Islamic State. What an the, interesting acronym, yeah, though. Yeah. Huh. I know uh, no, there are no coincidences. Uh, the God. That's how I there's, believe. There's a there's a there's a there's a hookah bar in Astoria where I live, like in the Arabic part. It's called it's called ISIS, ISIS hookah bar. They, ISIS need to, yeah, they need to do something about that. I mean, they need really really need to change. I remember that, I walking think. by one day and thinking like, Yeah, they're right there, guys. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they should handle that. <laughs> so that was two years ago. They, they're, they're I'm hoping with it. that they did it for the goddess, the Egyptian they goddess did. ISIS. They, they, yeah, yeah, they totally did. It's, it's, yeah, it's, no. They shouldn't change it, okay? The goddess needs to to stand up and stand her ground. Well, they have they've they're sticking with their guns here. They haven't they haven't changed it. Good and, for them. Uh, when you think about it, it's kind of a good marketing plan because I know a lot of people have taken pictures of that lounge and like, dude, yeah, look at they, this place. But they came they came out before they were um, you know, they came out Beheading before people. Yeah, it would suck if there was like um, like in nineteen <laughs> it opened in, up after in nineteen sixty one there was like. Ch- Charles Manson Pizzeria or something, you know, like it just, there was just some guy named Charles Manson lived Manson in, family's lived pizza. in uh, you know, Roanoke, Virginia, and he can't have his pizza shop anymore. Oh, but what the guy said was, he goes, um, 
He goes, if you are afra afraid of something or if you're being overwhelmed by a feeling of fear, don't say, I'm scared. Say, fear is present. Because if you, you don't just say, I'm the thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, it's not, it's like, you don't have to come identify permanently with the emotion yeah. that you're, that is temporary and gonna go away. And, and, and at the same time, when you, when you're feeling really optimistic or hopeful or something really exciting is happening for you, you don't have to go like, you know, um, like do you ever do this thing where, I do this thing a lot where people will be like, how are you doing? And I'll be like, you know, I'm good, man. Things are really great. Like I'm really <laughs> feel like I'm turning a corner. And, uh, and then the next know, day it's shit. Yeah, so like <laughs> just there's, a, there's like a thing where you can just be like, um, you know, I'm hopeful today. Like where you where you can just or you could just say happiness is present. Yeah, yeah, I know for <laughs> How sure. How are you doing? Happiness you is present and then you today. You don't have to get bogged down and get owned. It's almost like too much by pressure. Whatever yeah. fucking feeling you're having at any moment, and uh, that kind of has like I'm I'm really into that idea, even though. Um, and even though I'm like, a, I'm a I real... watch your face cringe when you say this. I love how much you love this kind of talk, and yeah, yet yeah, if you're yeah. having such a hard time being the guy who's into well, meditation. It's, it, well, it's, and it's no, but it's also like I, I'm not. I mean, this is like a thing I've been doing for a couple months. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like I'm like, well, I'm a, you know, like I'm not a teacher. I don't know the shit. I can barely like when I when I do meditate, I can get like that that like six seconds of like I'm right right on the on the beam and thinking about the breath and or the or my awareness or whatever and then it's you know some like what meditation do you do um just like basic like uh vipassana type um breath and um awareness and concentration and body sensation and um well i get emails from listeners where they're like where do i find how to meditate and they're all different ways like when i first started i literally just either close my eyes for 10 minutes music or no music when i do music you can put in meditation music into youtube and would just you know there's also watch like a my bunch thoughts. of great like there's also a bunch of great um and by the way, when you do meditate, when a thought comes in, you don't judge it. You just let it go. You let it. Well, not even let you it go. It. You, you don't shoo it, it away. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't be like, get out of here, get out of here. I'm doing this wrong. Like watch the thought. You don't have to judge yourself for thinking thoughts. That's what we do. So just watch it. I think you just start meditating. Are you going to start meditating? Try it out. Um, there's a. I, I can talk to you. There's a. There's a few. Um, there's a few apps and a few podcasts, and there's also a. There's also. Um, like a few, a bunch of shit on YouTube that you can. Yeah. Uh, Guided meditations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I highly recommend uh, developing your practice. I fuck Yeah, it. I know, ah! you can't. I know, I God. love watching you talk like it. I had an experience that I was. Well, I just, I, I, the, I, the idea that I don't want to be, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to end up some swami at the airport, <laughs> you know, like I, I. I, I would like to have a like a rational adult approach. I'm also prone to like phases and I so or I, w I was when I was younger so, like where I was just like I became a raver and then I was in skate into skateboarding for two seconds. Then I was in a BMX biking for two seconds and I just and so I'm and I'm just 
aware of that and I yeah. don't so I want to be like you don't this is like jump the, in this is the first time I've like gone public with my interest in it you know <laughs> so um so like I I would be I don't want to be like well this totally changed my life you know and like my my entire life is just completely <laughs> anew now from here on and out and then yeah and guy. then two months later I do the podcast again and you're like yeah I just I I smoke again and I'm really into gambling and you're um, scared to do with meditation what we're talking about with the thoughts. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I am happy, and then we see you, and you're like, Well, fuck, now I'm sad. So right, it's like, I don't want it to. I don't, you want, don't it to want it to turn be a into label that confines new, you. New thing I do for two seconds and then move on because it's you know. Um, I think also when you say something like that, like I'm whatever, like in, subconsciously you, now you have like you feel like you have a responsibility to always be that. Otherwise, people will be like. This guy lied, or he's not what he says he is, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I whatever. I mean, I'm I, look. I'm not claiming to be any kind of. No, we uh, get it. You're you're going to get a tattoo that says "Meditate." Yeah, yeah. As soon as you leave the podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I think too. I'm it's changing also like, your stage it's name. It's also very easy to kind of like, um, the the practice of meditating is it can be it can be taught in in literally three minutes like it's just <laughs> yeah but it seems to me and it's not just about meditating okay it's you've been through a lot in your life where you just kind of understand a bit i, I don't think you would call them uh spiritual lessons but i would but like you so that it just meditation's another part that you're just kind of including in that thing and it makes sense to you yeah and that kind of happened between that kind of ha- i kind of made those discoveries from after i got cleaned up you know what i mean where you like kind of realize like oh like uh I still have other stuff, you know, I still have, uh, I'm still like irritable all the time and, you know. You're I, human, you mean? Uh, you're right, still a human? Right. Or you're like, you know, you feel, you realize you're like, you know, I like, I lie at work too much. I lie to everybody at work and I don't want to, it gets me into trouble later because I get caught because uh, I told my boss that I was, you know, the, the train was busted and I... Then I put a Facebook post that said I was in <laughs> fucking California, you know, on vacation or whatever, you know, whatever the whatever the fuck. Um, well, the cool thing, kind of what you were saying before, when you're like, I don't want to be this guy, this like the way I, I can tell the way you view spiritual people is like they're kind of floating in the air with these angels, and you're like, blah. But the cool thing that I think is almost needed are people who are in touch with those things, but also very down to earth, realistic, have a biting sense mm-hmm. of humor, because. No one's going to take advice from the person that's just like, yeah, man, float up here. It's like, well, no, it, I want to hear that you also sometimes feel slightly suicidal. Well, it would, be, it, would be weird, it would be weird to meet a, um, like a spiritual teacher, especially in this meditation thing, you know, or that kind of, I mean, um, but it would be weird to meet one that, and then you ask them like what your story, what their story is. And they're just like, Oh, dude! When I was like thirteen, I just got into really into meditation. I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, that was fifty years ago. Like that—that's not really how it works for people. Yeah, people that's are kind of boring. Well, I mean, I don't think people. I think people that are just that are happy and their life is going great. They don't go like you know. I think I need to just kind of sit quietly with my thoughts for about thirty minutes per day. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so, well, uh, you have a pretty good life, and you'll you're gonna start meditating. Well, like I feel like I've, you're I, hiding something. I feel like I've done that <laughs> because I've always like. If I have too much going on, I always just like take a drive and just yeah. like without music or my phone or anything. And I'll just like drive and just kind of sit with shit and just try to like whatever. And I guess that's meditating. But it is I don't know. like I always yeah. just did that. I don't, I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to. 
every so often, like when I was like 19 or 20. I feel I like you that. innately have always been pretty good at feeling into what you need and then being able to do it. Yeah, like I don't like acting. Like, like when I'm really happy or really sad, I don't like making decisions because I'm like, I'm, I don't want to act on the. On How do you feel current. now? Are you mad, glad, I'm sad, a, or I'm fearful? Good. I'm. Uh, there's... What's present? What emotion is present for you? What thoughts know. are present? I'm just kind of taking it all in. I don't like know you what, just what let your emotion shoulders that relax is. and feel the kind of golden energy, healing energy. <laughs> You've flowing, got a really good meditation. Voice. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, so I I'm can like, take a nap right now. You're yeah. walking. You're, just feel the golden liquid kind of move up from your feet and kind of over from your shins to your knees, and now it's kind of just completely covering you in the basking glow. I'm down, Taylor. Energy. Everything you're saying, I am. Um, I love this. Um, so I want to tell you my. I want to tell you. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see. Uh, yeah, you know what? For your first meditation, I want you to do record ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, I think I think any, to him. honestly, like I think anybody could like I. You don't I have could, to be like a certified. No, just like relax. Yeah, just chill out. Make yourself comfortable. Keep just kind out. of just no, kind but of, his voice is so. No, good your voice is your voice does. Just it. take a, just take a moment to breathe in deeply and breathe out. You are fighting your life mission, which and, is just to uh, do guided <laughs> guided meditation narrating. And just wherever you kind of choose to relax, just kind of focus on that. It might be your shoulders or your neck. It might be in the small of your back, but you know either one, or it might be all three. It really is up to you. There's no judgment here. <laughs> You can feel sore and relax any part of your body. You might can, want to concentrate. Can you do the golden light one again? That was my favorite. Yeah, that was a, can you get the weirder you get, the more I'm going to be into I it. If you could bring in some fairies and other colors. Yeah, there's always kind of, kind of like you're just kind of in the mangroves of a beautiful <laughs> sort of uh, meadow, mo- boggy swamp. That, uh, <laughs> but it, normally there's some kind of you know there's a lot of bugs and disease. But this is kind of just a. <laughs> There's, you should do funny guided meditations. That would be good. Yeah, that, I think I would kind of defeat the purpose, though. I know. guess. Um, so yeah, I want to tell the story of what happened in my spiritual school this weekend. Oh, please. Let's get intense. For, oh, like, boy. It's all been intense. No, but so what was interesting was, you know, so I have been more of the relationship addict uh, my entire life, meaning I would always blame my sadness on the relationship or the guy that wasn't able to do the thing I had expected him to do, which was meet my entire emotional needs, sure, which sure. of course no one can do. So... Um, this weekend, and I've been, you know, dealing with that for the last six months, so I've come a long way. But anyway, um, so we're learning these different healings in the school. We're learning them. Right. So we, we <laughs> pair up, and there's this one lovely woman. Her name's Eileen. And she's just got such motherly energy to her, like nurturing, loving. So we pair up, and I lay on a table, and she just kind of puts her hands on me. Sure. And just the touch of, like, a mothering, nurturing woman touching me brought up this thing from like my soul or gut or I don't know where, like just from the depths that's normally not allowed to the surface. Right. Cause suddenly I just went, Oh my God, what a nice touch, you know? And then I was like, Oh, this is what it probably feels like to be really loved by like a safe mother. And then all of a sudden I was like, I never felt safe with my mother. And like, it just like, and I had to lay down for 10 minutes while she does this healing and just like tears were streaming down my face. I didn't really make a scene at the time. Like I was just kind of like, okay, cry, but you don't right. need to like, Wah! because this was like, this was the first time I think that I let that actually come up. 
that that bothered me as a because I've been like a tough girl since I was young. Right. Like starting like three, I was like, well, okay. Did you like refinance your house to pay for this thing? By the way, <laughs> no. is it, is it seventy five thousand dollars a year? It's it's a lot, but it's not seventy five thousand. Okay, right. But it's definitely some money. But anyway, right. so <laughs> so it was just it was just such an obvious thing. But I'd never let myself feel the sadness of not having like the typical mom who could really nurture me. And I, yeah. it was crazy because I was like. It just hit me, and I felt like I was three. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm three. And I was kind of freaking out. So then the class ends, and I literally – it was it, it happens in a hotel. They, like, rent, like, one of those big conferencing sure. rooms. I locked myself in the bathroom because I couldn't walk outside yet because I felt like I was three and so vulnerable that the thought of, like, leaving the building and going on the subway was, like – terrifying and I couldn't do it. I, it was like... Oh, you, oh, so you, you mean you didn't want to like go out into New York? I couldn't. It, right. it, I felt so young and so vulnerable and all this pain had just come up that I like was in the bathroom for half an hour, didn't know what to do until I finally... I texted the woman who I did the healing with and was like, hey, are you still here in the hotel? Because a lot of them stay in the hotel. Did she call you a spiritual Uber? <laughs> <laughs> That's a special Uber. No, I, I wish I know that, that they had existed. I would have called one. But uh, she was like, I'm still, she's like, I'm in the hotel room with um, two other women from the class. And I went yeah. up to their room and I had three loving women just like hugging me and like putting their hands on me in a loving way while I cried for an hour. And it was probably like the most amazing Jesus Christ. healing I'm sure experience. It was a, I'm sure it was, but it was I like, was half embarrassed. Like so many things were going through because I'd be crying and then I'd look and I'd be laughing and I'd be like, I'm so Wait, embarrassed. So you I were like believe. laying on a bed and these three women were just like one hand on the knee. I was on the floor and I was just kind of like crying and like one would hug me. It wasn't like odd. It was like one would just hug me and the it other one definitely would definitely like, 100% sounds very odd. Well, it's like it's like if it's like I'm crying, and then the one just goes to hug me, yeah. like a normal, and then like okay. another one puts like her hand on my leg just to be like I'm here, and it was just like having three loving, safe women. This is such a spectacle. It was like it, I definitely felt embarrassed and self conscious, but it was like, amazing. <laughs> that's, that's I also I picture like a I picture like a like a kind of like a like a pasty like barefoot dude with a ponytail, just like yeah, I, feel, I can sense a lot of things coming to the surface for you. Like just <laughs> no. is there is there that element of it? Like just like a lot you know, of chest hair. Like you ever you always whenever I see like a like a thing about um <laughs> um okay so um, like tantric sex, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a you know if it if if it really works and and you can have that. I've never had it, but right, it does work. And right, it's, and I'm, people talk about it like it's this amazing thing, and it sounds pretty cool. And if I and if I if my if my uh, if my girlfriend was expressed an interest in in doing that, I'd be like, yeah, you know. But there's just something about like. I have to look like a pastied, <laughs> ponytailed, like linen shirt guy. No, I have you're to having wear a... so much transference. When you hear the word right, of these things, right. you immediately, that's your I th- own. You know what I think about? I think about. You're fighting your I spiritual about, nature, Taylor. I think about Taylor. real sex on HBO. And, and the guys <laughs> no, that are just like, those. that like live in like a, like they're like all like, you know, they're they're naked with their wife and they're shaking their dick around just going like, oh you know, like with the, with a, with fifty other people in a, in Joshua Tree or something, and uh, I mean, I know we got off on it. I'm, 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 yeah, I mean, I thank love, you for taking my loving I, okay, experience I, I love, with three no, women was, and turning beautiful. it into a weird dude with a ponytail. But it was such an amazing experience. It did sound like the beginning of a lesbian porno. Let's be honest. What? Why? Why do you guys? No, okay, have no, to no, ruin no, no, a no. safe and they're all touching you. Sacred moment. I, this, this, this is this was just where my head was at. I think it's cool. I think it's great, and I think that being able to, um, wh- when you when okay, when 
when you're trying to hide, hold in your emotions around people, especially people that you might not be completely comfortable with, and then you start to kind of, the dam starts to break because you have no choice because it's really literally coming out of you. And then all of a sudden you feel a sense of comfort from these people and then you can just let, let loose it out. And, yeah. and, and feel unjudged. That has to be, that's a very satisfying feeling and you feel connected yeah. with community and all this stuff. The, oh, the, the only thing I, I started to think about, I started to think about me at the school. Okay, this is what this is what was going through okay, my head okay. <laughs> when you were telling me the story about the school and the whole thing. I started thinking about what I would um, be at the school because you, you were just talking about women and um, and that they. Oh, there are guys in my class, right. obviously. So I started thinking about um, well, were, were were the men in the class, and if would, would they put their hands on you, or were they in uh, men's? Was there is there male groups? And okay, and then, okay, and then I thought about being in a male group. With some other gentlemen, okay? I don't think that would happen. I, men have a much harder or more difficult time accessing that place, just because of our society. We're told, sure, you know. But hold on, what I want to say real <laughs> quick before you keep going, just to finish that all, that out was the coolest part about it was being able to have I think the pain come up that has been driving my addiction. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the thing I've been, not the only thing. I think there are other things and elements yeah, to it. Yeah, no, it's but, a big thing. But it was such a big thing to come up. And, you know, I don't think I get touched very often by loving women. Like, I think that's something, you know, like I think most touch sure, I've had right, in my right. life has been from a boyfriend. So, and sometimes a very unhealthy boyfriend. So to actually have like a non-sexual, just mothering touch was just kind of like, it was a big moment for me, and just to, I was very thankful for it to be up to the surface. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being pushed down and then me crying over a guy who cheated on me, when it's like, okay, yeah, you're upset about that, but there's something that even drove you to that guy. Yeah, but there's also like the whole, um, I mean, y without getting too therapeutic and trying to psychoanalyze you or mm -hmm. whatever, but like that probably was like you were a little girl there yeah you were a little you were you were based that was your little your little girl yeah you're 100%. five years old and th these women are a representation of something and you're kind of lo looking at yourself as the little girl and you're stepping but you're a, you're an adult now and you're having this moment where you're all this shit's being brought up and you know um so yeah that's heavy emotions because i'm a heavy emotional thing that can be extremely like Scary, but then at the end, like gratifying, and, yeah. and the whole. I'm just extremely self-centered, <laughs> so I was picturing myself in the the class with some guys with ponytails, um, and um, <laughs> there's just a there's just like, there's like a kind of um, like spiritual creepy dude. You know what I mean? Like the. But we don't have any of those in really? my class. It's it's mo like the kind of people you're picturing. <laughs> aren't in my class. My my girlfriend. Just so you know. But I have been to other spiritual events in the city with those people. Like there, I do this five rhythms dance class. Those are the people you're thinking about. They always about. want to like massage you and shit. Like, like they're like, they're, I love it. I love dancing. I love being free. But a lot of the guys in that class have the ponytails and are almost, they're not grounded. They're almost untethered. So they're dancing in this way where they think they're free, but they're almost really angry or something and just taking it out and you're like, mosh yo. Pitting. There's a, there's <laughs> yeah, a, like spiritual mosh pitting for real. There's a do there's a documentary on on Netflix, or it was on Netflix. It was about this dude who, um, 
he 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 was like this really like kind of like the, the world's most interesting man in the late 60s like he was like a like a war hero and he like he killed a man in a bar fight but then he but then he got really like hippy dippy and like owned like a bunch of health food stores and he was the first guy to like have like organic food in the late 60s in hollywood and like very you know you know total like flower child shit and he was very cutting edge and he started this this kind of this like religious thing that was just kind of like it wasn't as insane as like charles manson thing like nobody like it wasn't like a bunch of people got killed or whatever but it was just like like he was just in it for the pussy the whole time you know like he was just <laughs> there are a lot of those people in the community that's why you always have to feel out no matter what you know community you're in even if you're in a rehab center or whatever you have to feel out each person and be like, is this, is this person fucking nuts? Are they grounded? Are they, you know? Yeah, but I'm sure, I mean, but all, you're also more likely to probably like meet great people in that scene that are like, probably, you know I mean? but like, I've also met a lot of fucking nuts ones too that yeah, kind of sure. took me by surprise because I forgot to be discerning within that community as well. So, well, it can be, um, you know, when, when you're in the con when you meet somebody in the context of this safe environment and it feels like yeah. your guards down, you know, like that's kind of like what an interesting thing about rehab is that like when you meet a, a girl, when you get into a relationship in rehab, um, you of any kind with a girl that you're gonna that you eventually be date or with just a friend or whatever, it's like you're you've known this person for literally five seconds, and you're already talking about your Resentment against your father, the fact that you were homeless, you just found out that you're uh, that you're HIV positive or whatever, and uh, my house is being foreclosed, my wife is leaving me, whatever. Like within literally, it's like a zero to sixty relationship. Yeah, you don't have you don't you don't go like, well, nice day. There is none of that. It's yeah. just complete like honesty. But then you go out to the real world after it's over, and like I had, I kind of had to like learn how to have small talk again because I didn't know like it was all like everything the was most super intense. happy all the yeah. time yeah yeah but we uh we have to wrap this up guys oh man this was yeah. great thank you for coming funny on funny enough I don't know it was uh, who cares? some are funny some are not really? seriously yeah we have a moments, ton yeah yeah people never know what they're gonna get with with this but uh, where can I find you uh, at Taylor Ketchum on Twitter my web taylorketchumcomedy.com and uh there's, I have to update my, my calendar, but I'm on the road a little bit next month. And uh, yeah, that's that's just the basic shit that everybody has, you know? Awesome. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Joe Sanagato and Kate. Where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at the Kate Wolf. If you want a tarot card reading, uh, contact me, kwolf27 at gmail.com. And Nathan McIntosh and I are going to be co-headlining New York Comedy Club Love April Nathan. 22nd. He's amazing. They, yeah, he's on here once a month. Uh, he's into meditating. Don't let we, we've, we've he's like my little meditation bud. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, he's getting into it. He also Nate. needs it. Yeah, Nate. oh boy. Um, the show's at eight. Promo code Nate Kate for five dollar tickets. And if any of you are interested in the spiritual school to be starting this fall, uh, check it out. A Society of Souls. I think it's dot com. I don't know. And uh, but it's intense, and some of you might not be ready. Oh, but I think they're doing a workshop soon, a one day. If you wanted to even just like meet them and see how you feel. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thanks, guys.